Welcome to the Gut Podcast on the paper. This Osmobacter walbianus is a newly isolated human commensal bacterium preventing diet-induced obesity and metabolic disorders in mice. Published in paper copy in Gut in March 2022. My name is Dr. Philip Smith. I'm the Digital and Education Editor of Gut and a consultant gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital Liverpool, United Kingdom, and I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Patrice Carney, who is a colleague of mine and excellent associate editor of GUT, who works at the Louvain Drug Research Institute, World Bio, Metabolism and Nutrition, UC Louvain, Brussels, Belgium, and Emily Moons de Haas, a PhD student in the same institution. Professor Carney is the senior author in this excellent paper and Emily is the joint first author. Thank you both for joining me so much today to do this podcast. It's great to have the senior and uh, first authors involved. And congratulations once again on your excellent paper. Firstly, could I ask you to explain the background to your study and why researching this area is so important? So first of all, thank you very much for inviting us to uh, highlight our paper. Uh, in fact, the story of the discovery of the Sosmobacter wellbionis started when um, we, we repeatedly observed that the bacterium, and in fact another one called Subdoligranulum, was always evolving in the same direction than the beneficial bacteria that you know maybe Acamantia mucinifila. We are working on Acamantia since a while in the, in the lab, and we observed all the time that subdoligranulum was evolving in the same way. And we thought maybe this bacteria might be interesting. So we decided to, to take a closer look at this genus of bacteria, and we tested in diet-induced obese mice the unique cultured species from the genus called subdoligranulum, which is subdoligranulum variabile. But although in humans the abundance of, of the subdoligranulum was correlated positively with HDL cholesterol, in other words, looks beneficially for cardiometabolic risk factors and negatively correlated with the fat mass and inflammatory markers in, in different studies. In fact, the administration of uh, subdoligranulum variability did not improve all marks of obesity and diabetes in mice. And that led us to, to, to try to isolate, in fact, another subdoligranulum to better elucidate if, uh, in fact, the lack of effect observed in mice were due to, to the strain itself. Uh, I mean, the subdoligranulum variability. And if eventually another newly isolated subdoligranulum would improve metabolic health. And I can tell you that after two years of work, we have isolated and cultivated several hundreds of bacteria from the intestine of human volunteers, uh, but we never succeed to isolate any subdoligranulum. It was quite a bit frustrating. But instead, with Dr. Tiffen Leroy, we uncovered a new genus uh, of a bacteria that we have named Dysosmobacter. Well, be honest. And why well, be honest? It's because the project, uh, which was financially supporting this research, was a project WellBio, WellBio, if you want. And um, this is a key research program from the Rhine region in Belgium. So the name, this Osmobacter WellBionis, was in fact coming from this uh, discovery. Unexpected one. So serendipity again in science. I will leave the floor to uh, Emily to explain why this uh, research in this area is important. Yes, so why researching this area is so important? Well, we know that less than 70% of all the gut bacteria have been cultured 
and a large proportion of uh, microbes have never even been discovered or, I mean, isolated. So therefore, discovering new bacteria from the human gut is actually a key challenge. But the important point here is that uh, based on data from about 12,000 subjects, using different databases such as the Human Microbiome Project, the American Gut Project, the Flemish Gut Flora Project, and our cohort Microbes for You, we found that Dysosmobacter welbionis was present but also abundant in the gut microbiota of up to 70% of the general population. And moreover, uh, this absolute abundance of Dysosmobacter in the fecal microbiota of people with obesity that are suffering from metabolic syndrome was inversely correlated with the body mass index, the fasting glucose, but also the glycated hemoglobin. Thank you for that very detailed response. And I, I must say, I really love the name that you've given to this new bacterium. Can you explain your paper then and what new findings your study has, has found? Yes, of course. So what are the findings? Well, first of all, we showed that supplementing mice that are fed a high-fat diet with live Dysosmobacter welbionis at the dose of 1 billion bacteria per day for several weeks, between 6 to 13, depending on the experiments, was able to reduce the body weight and the fat mass gain in a time-dependent manner. However, when we pasteurized the bacterium, we have seen that it abolished its beneficial effects. Secondly, we also found that the live bacterium was unable to permanently colonize the mice's gastrointestinal tract, which is highlighting that the durable colonization of the gut is actually not a requisite for health effects from probiotics. And if I can add also on that question, in fact, the diet-induced obesity uh, mice were also characterized by, by different uh, specific uh, markers. For instance, Dysosmobacter wellbionis improved the glucose homeostasis and lowers the insulin resistance. And, and besides the lower uh, fat mass gain, which was observed on subcutaneous and mesenteric fat also, uh, we have seen that inflammatory markers, so genes in fact in that case, uh, gene related to inflammation, uh, were also lower in the different adipose depots. And interestingly, and it's completely different than other uh, findings we had with other bacteria, we also found a higher mitochondria number in the brown adipose tissue, suggesting in fact that this bacterium, although it's present in, in the gut, can really dialogue at distance with organs, including the brown adipose tissue, and then contribute to, to improve, in fact, likely the beta-oxidation and the mitochondria functioning and maybe the, the number. So we think that the beneficial metabolic effect of this bacterium, this Osmobacter wellbionis, might partly be mediated through a change in the inflammatory tone and also because we have an impact on this brown adipose tissue. Thank you. I mean, they're really interesting findings. So how do you think this might impact on clinical practice in the foreseeable future? 
Well, this is a good question, but at this stage, it's for me difficult to say that our findings will have a, a direct impact on clinical practice. However, uh, we are now investigating whether the abundance of Dysosmobacter um, is associated with specific nutrients. As you know, the microbiota can be modulated by uh, specific uh, dietary uh, items, food or nutrients. And here we want to know if Dysosmobacter is influenced by specific dietary habits. Uh, do we have any specific change in the abundance of Dysosmobacter in other diseases than the uh, obesity and type 2 diabetes? Just for instance, IBD, IBS. Um, thus, any drugs change the abundance of Dysosmobacter. As you know, metformin has been shown to modulate the microbiota, PPIs, statins. The aim is to know and to investigate whether any drugs or any dietary habits or any disease could be linked with this bacteria in order to better focus our research and and see if we can have additional potential applications on top of the obesity and type 2 diabetes and hopefully having an impact on the clinical practice uh, one day. Thank you, Patrice. And you've kind of slightly touched on this already, but how might this study impact on research priorities in the foreseeable future? Well, so this paper actually led us to explore the potential mechanisms by which dysosmobacter can influence the host health. So therefore, my PhD project is uh, focusing on many other priorities. For instance, what are the potential metabolites that are produced by dysosmobacter wellbionis that could contribute to the metabolic effects? So obviously, uh, butyrate is one of the candidates, but I can already tell you that we have discovered several other bioactive lipids that might be strong candidates. And currently, I am testing also the impact of uh, Dysosmacter in association with Ackermansia mucinifila. And this bacterium is a key bacterium that we have been investigating in the lab for more than 10 years. And given that Ackermansia improves the gut barrier function and the metabolism, we would like to investigate whether combining these two bacteria that are actually acting via different mechanisms could have synergistic effects on host health. So these are actually my um, research priorities in the foreseeable future. Thank you, Emily. I must say, uh, it sounds like you've got some excellent and really interesting research results already. And I'm sure your supervisors are, are very happy already. So thank you both of you, Professor Carney and Emily, for doing this podcast today again. And once again, congratulations on your fantastic paper being published in GUT. For our listeners, the link to um, this paper is underneath this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And do join us in the future for more of these good podcasts.